Thanks for tuning in. We're your hosts, Bentley, Billy, and Aaron, and this is Podcast Heroes. It's episode 28. And we're joined this week by uh, two of our friends that we met. Um, Josh, who goes by Throne Guy, what, at Throne Gauntlet, right? And That's then right, yeah. uh, Danielle, and I can never get your Twitter handle right, so say it for us. Silvanora. And that's what? S-Y-L-A-N... You're terrible at this. <laughs> S-Y-L-V-A-N-O-R-A. Yeah. Okay. Oh. It's, on, it's on the screen. You can see it. Is it? Silvanor yeah, it's available. Oh, Jesus. That was awkwardly loud. Can you turn your <laughs> mic down? <laughs> and that's what Josh sounds like when he's trying to voice Diablo. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got a great podcast this week, though, because it's uh, the, what, Tuesday following BlizzCon. Yep. So huge, huge news that come out of BlizzCon. Uh, we got the World Championship that happened. We got uh, three new champions confirmed. Uh, a new map confirmed. Well, two new maps, I guess we can say, uh, confirmed. Um, and, of course, uh, what am I forgetting? Chogall! Well, yeah, that's, you know, one of the three characters. He's one of the three heroes. Yeah, right? one of the three heroes. He's um, two of the three characters. Two of the three. Yeah, two of the four. Um, no, but, but yeah, so it's, we got, also got hype, some like rumor hype, you know, matchmaking yeah. may get fixed, uh, nothing really important there that we're going to talk about. We're going to definitely spend our time focusing on uh, these characters in the map and of course the world championship that happened. Uh, so the first thing we want to find out, me, Aaron and Bentley are in the dark completely about Chogal. We decided to not look up anything about it, not learn, you know, learn anything about it. Cause we wanted to hear it fresh from Danielle and Josh. So Tell us about Cho Gaul. Yeah, so I played Gaul and Josh played Cho. So I'm going to let him delve into Cho a little bit more because he's the one who kind of pilots all the characters. Um, Gaul just kind of rides shotgun. So Josh can go first. Yeah, so I played Cho. And if you were at BlizzCon and you waited in line, I'm really sorry. I got to skip the line. Oh, is that because you're media? If you have a media pass, they let you skip the line. I didn't want to do it before the event. I said, I'm not doing this. This is kind of dirty. I don't want to do it. But then uh, the game was delayed by three hours, which I'm sure we'll mention later. So uh, <laughs> thankfully, I was there on business. Uh, I write for the score. I write for uh, them about Heroes of the Storm. So I managed to skip in there with Danielle, and we got to play Chogall on the new map. Awesome. So Cho is like more of a warrior hero, honestly. Um, he has basically a tank kit. Um, his Q is a punch that he winds up, and then he dashes forward and displaces people. It's kind of like a mini Sundering, I guess, okay. if you want to think of it like that. Like, there's no stun, but people get, like, pushed out from the center of it. Um, and then he has a W, which is basically a thunderclap that if it hits, uh, heroes, it heals, uh, Chogall. Um, and then his E is like a bowling ball that he throws out in a line. And Gaul has to blow it up by hitting their E. So that... when you're when you're Gaul and you hear the bomb go, uh, you hear bombs away. 
And yeah. that's kind of your cue to blow it up. Oh, that's yeah, cool. thankfully there is an audio cue, so you can figure <laughs> out that that's happening. That's um, cool. It also winds up really slow. Like when you throw it out, it kind of sits under Chogall for a sec before it starts moving forward. So you get a lot of time as the golf player to sort of look for it when you hear the audio cue. Huh. It is kind of difficult, though, when you're waiting for it. So as the golf player, I was the one responsible for blowing up the bomb. Um, and I will say that because Gaul is on the shoulder and you're a ranged character, it's kind of interesting because Cho is a melee character. So you're basically playing a ranged character in melee distance. So when he's throwing out the bomb, typically he's hard engaging. So you have a lot of people around you, and there's a lot of spell effects going off. Um, and so you don't really see the bomb right away, and it rolls away quite slowly. So unless you blow the bomb up right when it goes out, and you want to do the AoE damage in that group, you basically have to wait for it to roll out um, and come back, but that requires a talent. Um, so Cho has to take a talent in order for the bomb to roll back towards you. And by that point, people have moved, and to be honest, Cho has moved as well. And the bomb doesn't yeah. roll right <laughs> back to Cho. It rolls back to where he started rolling the ball, Oh. Um, so it's actually kind of hard to gauge. So it's going to take a little bit of practice, I think, to really get the uh, synchronization between Cho and Gaul for that ability. I think um, having comms. So when we played the demo, we didn't have comms available. Um, so I think comms are going to be pretty important. Basically yeah. saying, I'm throwing out the bomb and get ready to blow it up. Okay. okay. And so um, so that means what? Cho does all the movement, all of that kind of stuff. And then yeah. Gaul is essentially just a, uh, a, a cannon. Right. That, or like a yeah. mage, okay. basically. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Gaul's definitely a mage-type character. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have any audio attacks, and it's Cho's job to position the hero and to auto-attack. So, in that sense, like, without going... With, before we go more in-depth into the character, I think it's, like, a really cool potential teaching tool. And I think that's why Blizzard has decided to make it available to players who play with players who already own the hero, because that's another thing uh, about the event that's coming up, and it was confirmed today that it's going to be next Tuesday, November yeah. 17th, is going to go live, and if you don't have the hero, and you play with someone who does have the hero twice, then you unlock that hero for yourself. Um, but, but I think it's really cool, because if you don't know about positioning, if you don't know about stutter-stepping or auto-attacks and stuff, you can play with somebody who's doing that but not be responsible for having to do it so you can see sort of like how they do it can you um, so i think it's going to be a really cool teaching tool and a really cool thing to play with new friends who are new to the game honestly who might not really understand those concepts very well yeah. one of the developers at blizzcon um referred to uh the chogal situation as playing passenger seat to someone playing the game uh when you're playing the mage character which is the more passive one but can you say again what you said about unlocking the character or the yeah, hero? Yeah, so, so if you if you bought a virtual ticket, or, or if you went, or if you went to BlizzCon, which you get a virtual ticket if you actually go to BlizzCon, um, then you have Joe Gall. so you will have him on Tuesday. Nice. Virtual ticket, damn it. If you didn't do one of those two things, uh, you could still be randomly selected to get Joe Gall. So some people are going to get random invites to, to have Chogall, basically. Oh. Um, yeah. And then, so there are two quests that are going to be part of the Chogall event, basically. So the one is, if you own Chogall, 
and you play four games with people who do not own Cho'Gall, you get a bunch of gold. 2200 I think. Yeah, Ooh, wow. you get a bunch of gold just for doing that. Dang. And then if you don't have Cho'Gall, and you play two games with someone who does have Cho'Gall, then as part of the Cho'Gall team, because basically if I have Cho'Gall and you do not, we, you can still play him as long as you're playing with me. Okay. So so if you do that and you play two games with me and you don't own him but I do, you get Chogall for free at that point. You just get him unlocked. So, awesome. So how does... So they call it spreading the Chogall virus. That's, that's what they said in opening ceremony. I like that. Basically they're giving it to all of us as a baseline and it's our responsibility to spread the Chogall virus. It's yeah. like a happy herpes. I love it. Happy herpes. All right, yeah. so, I want the happy herpes. So how, how does a character select worth, work with him? Like, it, if you're the one who owns Cho'Gall, can you only play Cho or can you play the Gall part? Or, I mean, how does they, that work? I'm pretty sure you can only play Gall. No, I, I don't think that was ever confirmed. Like, on the character select screen, Cho and Gall are separate heroes, but you can't, like, get into a queue unless you have both a Cho and a Gall, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, but for the virus, I'm pretty sure the person playing with you has to play Gaul. Okay, so if you're if you're oh, the okay. one who owns Cho Gaul, then you yeah. have to play the Cho part of him, while every the other person plays Gaul. I thought I or, remember. Or do I have that? Flip? I, I I would not I would not confirm that. Basically, okay. what I expect would happen is if you're in a party with me and I have Cho Gaul, both Cho and Gaul will become available to you, and then we choose which one each of us plays because there's no real reason to limit right. the person who owns right. Shogal to Cho and I don't I don't think yeah. we're going to do that but I don't know maybe I, I don't think so though no, one well, of the other <laughs> cool things about character select is so you each choose like one person would choose Cho one person would choose Gaul um, but the question came up about skins and mounts so you're two characters essentially so who gets to decide who is the mount and who gets to choose the skin so basically think of it kind of like a battle of the heads you each get to choose your own skin and your own mount, and then it will randomly determine hmm. who gets to choose the skin, and then the other head would get to choose the mount. Yeah, gotcha. So it's essentially kind of a battle of the heads, if you will, between Cho and Gaul, which is kind of interesting. I like that. Okay. Um. So then, did you have any exposure to like how he could work in uh, hero play, because like, or in hero league or ranked? Because I'm just kind of wondering, it's like, what if a situation pops up where the very last pick wants to play Cho'Gall, but nobody else has picked him, or you things can. like that? You can't. Okay. So the, the way that it works in Hero League is two players have to be hovering on Cho and Gaul. Okay. And if it's the person's turn to pick either Cho or Gaul, and that person locks in, and the other person is hovering over the other head, you're both in. It okay. locks oh, in wow. at that time. You both are playing Cho'Gall. Um, <laughs> if nobody else is hovering on the other head, you cannot choose Cho and you cannot right. choose Gaul. Like you need, you need somebody else to be hovering over the hero. And then for like bands and competitive, he can be banned as one hero. But in order to pick him, you need you have both. to have two consecutive picks. So you can't first pick Cho'Gall because the first pick is just a lone pick, right? Right. But but then if after somebody first picks that first pick and it bounces over, that person would have two picks, so they could pick Cho'Gall. 
Okay. So hopefully Cho'Gall won't be so powerful that everyone is essentially going to want the second pick as opposed to the first pick. Right. The thing about, thing about that, though, is remember that the way it works in competitive right now is if you lose, you get to choose if you want first pick or map select. That's so true. it's actually not a big deal. Like, if you want to play Cho'Gall and you don't think your enemy's going to ban it, you just map pick. Now, if Cho'Gall's really good, that could become a problem. Right. But also, if people think that you're going to play Cho'Gall, they could just ban it. So I don't know. I don't think it's that much of an issue yet. Well, and that was going to be my next question. Like, do you do you feel like he's pretty balanced, or does he need some rework, or is this somebody we're going to see in competitive play because he's broken, or because he's a, you know a good character to play? So personally, I think he's very powerful. Um, when we played, and it was a pretty long game, we played almost a half an hour. I think we didn't die once. Yeah. Um, we were, to be fair, uh, Josh is a really great player. And uh, and I'm not just talking him up, but we might have been matched up against people who weren't so great. Um, and we did have a healer and Lieutenant Morales. Uh, we have medic, um, but yeah, we didn't die at all. We tend we were able to take on two, three characters on our own pretty easily. Um, the damage that he takes is pretty like he has so much health that it's hard to kill because it's essentially two characters health pool in one. Um, so I think he's really powerful. The only thing that I would be worried about is he would only probably be good on certain maps because your mobility and map control is obviously cut down substantially when you only have, two, like when you have two people in one character. So it, I think it's going to be very map dependent. I, I think he's going to be really strong on things like, I don't know, Haunted Mines, for example. Um, but larger maps like Sky Temple, probably not so much because you have to have people controlling multiple objectives at once. Um, okay. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays out. I don't know what Josh thinks. I think the issue in competitive is going to be you lose a body to soak. Right. So how much, how good is this character and how good will he have to be in order to make that something that you're willing to do? Well, it, and right... So, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, so the, to bounce off of that idea, though, do you think he would pair very well with, like, Lost Vikings or Abathur, who, you know, provides you with that opportunity to soak a lane? I think uh, Vikings is definitely a possibility. Uh, Abathur is just so good, so I can't say <laughs> no to Abathur. But you also lose another body there. Um, the other thing I will say, for some of the maps, like Garden Terror, for example, they did confirm that if... Cho'Gall takes over the Garden Terror, Gaul still has the ability to use all of their abilities. Oh, from... Whoa. Oh, okay. But yeah, so think of it like a turret Garden Terror. So you're still limited to wherever the Garden Terror goes, but you still have the ability to use all of your all of your abilities. That's cool. And, and it does. I assume that would apply to Dragon Knight, too, then? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's, wow. that's actually kind of cool. I really like that idea. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know how the animation works. We didn't get to see how the animation would work with that because um, we just played on Tower of Doom. But, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like a pretty neat idea. Um, the other thing I'll mention for Gaul, and Josh said it earlier, um, they don't. Gaul doesn't actually have an auto attack. They only have casted abilities, um, which is kind of interesting because their casted abilities are really long range and are on a really short cooldown. So you do really kind of get the turret feel. Um, I feel like they're longer because you are in melee a lot of the times, and if you're trying to attack their range in the back line, you still have the ability to do that. Because a lot of their activated abilities are piercing, so they do go through the first enemy, which I think you have to, so that was a good design. 
And, uh, and yeah, you don't have the auto attack, so you don't have to learn how to stutter step or move. You really just get the power behind the activated abilities on such a short cooldown. I like that. Now, we did get a uh, good comment here on our Twitch page uh, saying that Anubrax is a great counter to Cho because of um, the web wrap, um, the cocoon. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did yeah. you experience like any other characters that would make a good counter to somebody who's clearly pretty strong? I think Giant Killer and the variations of Giant Killer are going to get picked up a lot against him. So like a, 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 massive. a lot so, of, um, what, what's the Blood for Blood, a lot of Giant Killer. Um, I mean, Blood for Blood doesn't do like a ton of damage, but at least it would do a little bit more against him, I guess. Right. Well, I'm thinking about like a murky Taronda, maybe, with the, with the Octo Grab, and then a Taronda's, her, you know, her trait will just melt, you know. That's a, extra yeah. damage. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I like... I, I like that your cat keeps walking by and stroking yeah, your neck. Yeah, I'm that's, sorry. That's, he's, <laughs> yeah. We've got a dog uh, on our side with us. We've got <laughs> we've got Billy's dog Charlie, but she is very camera shy. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Um, okay, so I think that pretty well wraps up Chogall. Uh, yeah. Scale of one to five, five being the be being one of the coolest heroes released, one being lame. Where would you guys rate him? I I mean, for me, it was a five. Um, if I can explain a little bit why. Uh, Go for it. It's it's not just like Gaul is an Abathur symbiote hat, which was sort of my worry playing the hero. I was like, okay, am I just going to be a body that a turret fires off of? And while that's obviously like the turret part is part of the game, there's a lot of really neat abilities that the hero gets that affect the other player, which is really fun. So I had a talent that made me immune to crowd control, but I didn't get to activate it. If I chose it, Gaul had to activate it, oh, wow. for example, which was kind of interesting. Um, or like Gaul had Gaul can't mount; only Cho could choose to mount. So Gaul, Gaul's like Z key speeds up the hero. Like it's like a dash. Like yeah, it allows you to speed up. It also allows you to go through objects, so you're not like body blocked, for example. Wow, interesting. Like, so it's a great escape. Um, um, so I would say, just given the some of the unique talents that work between both players. Um, the, he gets a really interesting version of Ice Block, actually, called Molten Block, where it works like Ice Block does, but it does damage around him, so like if melee attackers will probably want to like get away from him, for example. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that this hero does. Um, Gaul, for example, has a heroic... We didn't talk heroics at all. Oh, yet, yeah. But... No, break those down real quick. Um, Gaul has a heroic that's like a Shadow Bolt volley, and I I don't want to say this with 100% certainty because we were learning the map, and we were like learning the hero at the same time, but it seems like Cho has to target it. Yeah, so it's called Shadow Bolt volley, um, and if you read the description for it, um, it says the bolts fire towards your mouse, but what we found is, and I'm not sure if it's a bug or what was going on with it, but Essentially, it felt like wherever Sho's mouse was was where the Shadow Bolt volley was. I, I don't know if that's true. But... So we don't know if that's true, but it kind of felt like that. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. But the hero, the, the Cho part of the hero is the only part I can speak to. It is really fun. You get to charge into fights, knock people around, you can heal yourself. You get an ice block as a warrior, which is awesome. <laughs> um, like his one heroic that I chose is a cone and it pulls everyone towards you, 
which is really fun to use because you basically group people up so Gaul can can just destroy them. Uh, it's gonna be so much fun, guys. Like it's, I can't wait for you guys all to play it. It's on Tuesday. There's gonna be some serious now relationships made and made <laughs> and broken. broken. On Tuesday, <laughs> on Tuesday, do you know is it going to release to the uh, test realm? Uh, no, the event starts on Tuesday. So it's releasing. It's yeah, like, it's like which kind of which kind of adds to our theory that they have a test realm just kind of to joke with everyone that there's a test realm. <laughs> there's, there's a test realm because they never use it. Yeah. Yeah, because they kept this one pretty under wraps. I right. would argue that they primarily use the test realm when there are large balance changes, and if there aren't, you know, they don't they don't yeah. care. Like the, oftentimes the the new hero isn't like even on the test realm at all. Like right. for the butcher patch. Butcher was not on the test realm. Yeah, I think, what, only one champion has been released to the test realm before it went live? Yeah, and it was, I think it was the monk. I think it was monk, too, yeah. out of all the heroes, he he didn't really need to be on the test realm. (laughs) Right. All right, Danielle, quick, uh, one to five, how would you rate Cho'Gal? Um, I want to go to six. Six? Um, Okay. If it would be one to ten, I would have said this one goes up to eleven. All right. And I played golf, so a lot of people who are fearful that, you know, you're just, you have nothing to do, you're just kind of attacking, that's, like, so far from the case, because, like Josh said, there's so many abilities that interplay between the two characters that there's so much to pay attention to, and with your abilities being on such a low cooldown, um, some characters I get really frustrated when their abilities are on such long cooldowns and I'm just kind of stutter-stepping my way to glory. Um, you feel really powerful with Gaul. You feel like you make a huge difference. It's also great, too, um, like I said, Gaul kind of helps Cho run away. And as you're helping him run away, you do so much damage at such a long range that as he's running away, you can actually finish off the people that are chasing you. Wow. Um, so I think he's so much fun. Well, I'm really excited. Now I know a week from now I'm just going to be bugging these two nonstop to let me play with them so I can get Chogal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I want, I want to play with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the most fun I have ever had in this game. And it was just like a random test realm version. And they even had auto casting on, which I hate. Um, <laughs> and it was still so much fun. So That's I'm awesome. Really for it. Before we go on, talk to me about the other two. Um, heroes. Yeah, Lunara so. and Greymane. Yeah, so uh, neither of us got to play Lunara or Greymane. Um, I did have them played against me when I played Arena. Um, Lunara didn't seem to make that big of a difference um, in the game. They did, however, seem extremely mobile in the animations that they have. Um, the heroic they took was the one where you kind of leap and spear them, and you kind of jump over them once and then leap backwards. Um, it looks really cool. Um, we also talked to some pro players while we were there who got a chance to play them, and they really like the passive movement ability. So basically, instead of mounting, because they're a dryad, um, they basically get a passive 120% move speed. Um, so instead wow. of being at 100% when you're normal and 140 when you mount, you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, so they're a very mobile character, which uh, the pro players that we talked to seem to like. And then for Greymane, um, what I heard... Um, was that they're super squishy. And when I was playing against them, I found that to be the case. I also found that people weren't really understanding the concept of melee and ranged in one character. Um, they were kind of focusing on one or the other. And when they did dive in, they tend to die really quickly. They weren't so good at diving back out. So, huh. But those are just my observations from seeing them played against me. 
and so I assume that uh, Greymane is an assassin. How, where, where are they putting uh, Lunara? Lunara's a range assassin. Range assassin. Okay, cool. Yeah. And and so yeah. look, yeah, it looks like you had something to say about him too, Josh. She's gonna see competitive play for sure. Okay. Um, I I don't I don't know if the jump heroic is gonna be used as much. I guess we'll see. But the other one, um, which is like vines that shoot out, it I don't know. It's got a huge range, and so it's gonna be good for like poke type comps. Uh, which hopefully will make a comeback, maybe? <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. So, yeah. I feel like she's going to be a great character for players with great micro, because she's also a pretty auto-attack-based character, because her auto-attacks and her abilities apply like a poison, yeah. uh, like a dot, damage over time. Um, so her play style is essentially auto-attack as many people as you can. Yeah. Um, so I feel like she's going to be used by people who have really great micro, so oh, not me. She sounds um, <laughs> right. Which is why I like Gaul, because my micro is, like, <laughs> I have no comment on your mind. <laughs> yeah, he was super excited when I played Gaul because he's like, I can control where you go. He likes to make fun of my spacing a lot as well, so he was really happy about that. All right, well, let's talk about the new map now. Um, what it's called Towers of Doom, right? Yep. I uh, sure. can you give us a skinny on it, like you know, what what are the objectives? Is it a three lane map, two lane map, so on and so forth? So like, I'm just break it down for us. Uh, it's a three lane map. And the weird thing about the map is your base, like the actual outer wall, the turrets, and the core, all cannot be damaged by conventional means. So there's no way to damage any of them with your attacks, your auto attacks, abilities, none of that. Huh. And you can't get over the wall. This is another thing I noticed. So if you're Illidan, you want to hunt somebody over that wall, can't do it. I'm sorry. You can't get over the wall. Um, why is that important? Because each of the forts on the map is basically a cannon. Huh. And so at certain points on the on the like, you know, the map, there will be altars that spawn. And they're like tributes. You have to channel them like a tribute in Cursed Hollow. And once you capture an altar, you deal an amount of damage to the enemy's core, which is based on how many forts you control. Wow. Now here here's the kicker. You can never destroy forts. If you destroy an enemy's fort, it becomes your fort. Oh. So it's kind of like a tug of war. So basically yeah. there's six forts that you're fighting over. They start like three for the blue team, three for the red team. And as you destroy forts, you take control of them and they become a cannon. And I think there were two spawn points for... No, there were a lot. There were more there than were that? Altars? Yeah, there, okay. were, there were a lot. Um, I thought we were I, I think there were... There were three <laughs> on the top and then three in the bottom, maybe? I don't, I don't remember. But there's definitely a few of them. Because I remember at one point, the only two altars that were spot that spawned were between middle and top lane. And there was one on each side of the map. So there's huh. a few. Well, I, that sounds, like, really awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm... I really can't wait to play it. Because you mentioned the game being, the, the game you played being 30 minutes long. Is that like average or was that, I mean, what what's the time of the games we're talking about here? It went longer because people weren't playing the objectives. Yeah. <laughs> so people, that... were, people were just excited to be playing the new characters. So like we should mention that the demos, you basically had two choices. You could either play the arena or you could play Tower of Doom. So people were, like, that was their first chance to try new heroes on the new map as well. So people were kind of learning the map and learning the heroes all at the same time. Yeah. So I think it was just a matter of people learning. Like, for example, and this is my favorite part of the map, um, so I'm going to talk about it before Josh's. 
the boss is actually the headless horseman, which oh. is amazing. Yes. It's so cool. Um, and if you capture him, he actually does damage to the core as well. Um, but for example, like in our game, no one went after the boss, like no one after the headless horseman, even though there were key opportunities to do so. And to be honest, the there was never a point where any one team had more than four forts. Um, so it never got to the point where there was five under someone's control or all six under someone's control. It was um, it was a pretty even match that way because people were just trying to player kill um, to get a feel for the characters. Like there was a show on the other team as well. Um, so Josh and I had a lot of show on show action. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And not to brag, but we destroyed the other one. <laughs> show gal. Well, I'm, I'm sure it was 100% you and Josh had nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, the, but the map, like, the objectives are really cool, but for me, the lore, the art, the design, the music, all of that, like, being immersed into that area was incredible. Um, it's just, it's very, like, spooky, dark, headless horsemen, jack-o'-lanterns. Um, Josh knows more about the lore than I do, but it was such a cool feeling to be on that map. Well, what little lore there is in Arizona Storm, I guess. No, exactly. Because yeah. uh, that, that seems... I'm trying to... I'm really racking my brain here. That seems to be, like, the first World of Warcraft, at least, centric map. Because It's not really... The Horseman is just there. He's not... Okay. Uh, like, the, it, the map is actually based on the other sort of medieval theme maps, which have a name that I've forgotten, so my apologies <laughs> for that. But one of the two, like, teams is representing the Raven Lord from Cursed Hollow. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and then I was talking with some people, and they thought that the other, um, the other team was representing the Gravekeeper from Haunted Mines. But I'm pretty sure I saw the word Necromancer used to describe his cannons. So I don't know if maybe that was a, like just a holdover from a build of the game before, and they're gonna call him Gravekeeper. What? I don't really know, but it was really cool. I like it. I can't wait. Um, and I, I, I know I don't know. Is there like a release date set for this? Is this coming out next week or is it? Mm, I don't think so. I would love, I would love if it did because this map is, it, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and it's going to change the way that people think about the game a little bit because pushing a fort is helpful only if you then capture an altar, sure. right? Like if point. you push a fort and then they just take it back from you before you can capitalize on it, then that push was you like it didn't do anything. Yeah, I so. think it's going to take away part of the PvE of the game, too. Like, a lot of people's playstyles are PvE, push out a lane, and yeah. soak XP type of thing. I think this one's going to be a lot more focused on team fighting. So I think it's going to be used a lot in competitive play, A, for that, and B, it's just, like, that much more entertaining to watch. Because you don't have to, like, have a whole lane where you have a murky or an avatar or whatever, where you just don't see what's happening on it for the whole game. Like, it, there's going to be some hard engages that happen, I think. Excellent. Well, speaking of hard engages, let's use that as a transition to the arena. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, you got to play it. Josh said he didn't. Um, oh. let, let's hear yes, about it. I waited in line for half an hour to play arena and it was totally worth it. Was it worth every minute? Um, yeah. So the arena is a more casual play style I found. Essentially what happens is you have your teams of five and each player basically gets a random three heroes assigned to them. They're not any specific role. Um, it might not be one you even own. It's just a random three heroes that you get to choose from. Um, and each player gets to choose it. It's not even separated into, you know, a tank, a support, and three damage. Uh, some of the fun examples that people were showing out there was um, the random could give you, the only choice you have was Sylvanas. 
So each player, all three character slots showed Sylvanas. So it ended up being a five Sylvanas team versus a five Sylvanas team. And Solid Jake actually tweeted out about that. That was his team that got it. <laughs> and I have another friend on Twitter who got five Murkies versus five Murkies. Oh, that would be ridiculous. Um, I was not lucky enough to have either of those teams. Um, I got ones that were a little bit more equally balanced. But yeah, so essentially the arena is separated. It's a best of three. Um, so you basically play three three matches, and it's a one-lane map. Um, and there's basically kind of soft objectives. So if you think, the one that I played in all three matches that we played were the same map, I don't know how many others there are, if there are others right now. But it was essentially one lane of Garden Terror. So there were uh, things that you could kill that dropped seeds, and the first team to 100 seeds collected won that match. Um, so we played three matches, and it took about a half an hour, so each match only took about 10 minutes. And it's very team fight oriented. It's basically just a battle and some objectives to give you a time limit, essentially. Um, so if you beat the whole other team, you had more time to pick up seeds to end the game faster. But it's really a, a test of hard engaging, like you said, and, and team fighting, which is really fun. So it's kind of a ridiculous mode, um, but it's really fun. It's something quick you can pick up. And, um, and our match was actually pretty close. So we went to best of three. Uh -huh. And uh, our third match, we won 100 seats to 99 seats. So we were <laughs> pretty much as close as you could get. <laughs> and so you're saying with the characters on that, you get level 10, and 10's the only talent you get. Is that correct? Right, yeah. So you go into the game, you're level 10, you choose your heroic, and that's it. There's no talents. Um, there's no leveling. There's no experience. It's essentially just you're in, choose the heroic you want to play, and fight. It's uh, it's all hell breaks loose kind of gameplay. Hmm. So. so it's just like one giant team fight, and then whoever wins basically wins that round. So does it level right. you up randomly? Pardon me. Does it level you up randomly? No. So you just you go in and you're all the same level. Well, I mean, you like stay that oh, level for the whole game. Yeah. So you stay ten the whole game. Oh. Yeah. 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 You don't level up. What? So there's no experience. No experience. Nothing. Bizarre. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally just a 10-minute team fight. Um, hmm. And you have, uh, there are wells that you can tap, and they're under, like, a shield. So there's not even really, like, the the desire to go destroy the, sh the fountains for them, for example. Um, it's literally, and the objectives are all in the middle of the map. <laughs> um, there's some that kind of go to the side, but um, there's really no incentive to go to the other side of the lane. It's basically, we'll see you in the middle, and we'll fight to the death. So tell me, since uh, since it's best out of three, how long do these take? So they were about ten minutes each. So um, they probably could still... go faster. Ours were pretty close. Because um, essentially, what happens would be like one side would win a team fight, the other team would respawn, and we hadn't gone back to heal or fountain was on cooldown or whatever. They come back and they kill us, and I felt it was kind of a back and forth. <laughs> But again, that's probably speaking to our skill level and the fact that a lot of people are playing new characters. It's interesting uh, that they're doing it as a best out of three. Um, somebody in the chat room was calling it like the Heroes of the Storm ARAM, which do you guys play League of Legends at all? No. I don't, but I'm familiar with you're, But you're familiar with ARAM, which is basically the shorter, condensed version of just all-out team fighting. Um, yeah. It's... It's interesting that it would be as long, if not longer, than a normal game. I think that that was an abnormal match, because I, got, I had a chance to speak with Matthew Cooper, who is a senior game designer on Heroes of the Storm, and that was, like, 
I was actually really excited because it was like right after opening ceremony. So we had seen the arena, like nobody had played it yet, and I was so excited to talk about it. And I asked him what the would it ever be competitive, right? Because I'm writing from a competitive point of view. Um, could it ever be a competitive mode? Can we ever see tournaments for it? And he said, no, like they they aren't balancing it for competitive. Um, that basically they want it to be something that you could get online, you see your friends in a hero league game. And it's something you can do and finish before they finish their Hero League game. So it's just another thing to, to basically occupy you without holding you for so long that you can't, you know, catch a cue with a friend. So I, don't, I think that that was probably an abnormally long game. Because yeah, they, and like I said, we went to best of three, and the third game we won 100 to 99 So we pretty much dragged that out as long as we could. I'll also point out that, like, my teammates, I didn't have the pleasure of doing it, but they were playing Lunara... Um, and all of that, so they were actually trying to, they were kind of standing off to the side, figuring out their abilities at the beginning, um, so I think they kind of spent some more time doing that, so I, I think it would be much quicker in, in real time. It's pretty quick too when you pick your heroes um, in between the matches, because like I said, you basically only have a, ch a choice out of three, and in some cases you only have a choice out of one, in the cases of five Murphys versus five Murphys. That's that's fantastic. So the real question is, can you have five Lost Vikings versus five <laughs> oh Lost Vikings? God. You can have five v five of anything. They said. Oh, that. They, they said that they've excluded some stuff, like uh, maybe like five Abathers versus five Abathers. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, Abathur, I think that would be hilarious. That would be <laughs> the slugfest. Dude, that would actually be so fun. I, except it would take forever. Yeah. I don't think it's a common occurrence. I think it was more common probably at the con just to show that it could happen. That they were, yeah, that you could have fun with it. Yeah. I think, like, because they're not balancing it for competitive, like, they could do stuff like that. Right? They could be like, every once in a while the game just decides that everyone has to play Muradin or something, you know? Actually, Muradin's probably a bad example. Because I don't think that fight would ever end. No, I don't think it'd be possible to get kills. That's amazing. All right. But yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm excited for Arena 2, and I don't think there's any news about when that's getting released either. Um, I, oh, they said they said it would be... Um, actually, never mind. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet from Dustin Browder, so if you want to look it up... There, there research, you go, yeah. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. I, that's what I remember him saying. And, that, and that's what I was figuring, too. Probably not until after the new year, because I'm sure they'll get through, you know, like these three champions and the uh, uh, new map, and then they'll let um, Arena come out. So yeah. um, that's fun. All right, so let's talk about the stuff that I truly, truly care about, <laughs> uh, which is eSports. Uh, of course, the World Championship happened. Um, in order to kind of condense it down for those of you that don't um, really – care too much for esports i think we'll focus mostly on semifinals and finals uh there are plenty of great group stage games and even you know like pre-semifinal games um of teams fighting to get to the semifinals so if you want um go and definitely watch that i uh, i think the easiest place to watch it is uh heroes of the storm.com slash esports uh at the very least you can get a review there um essentially though what happened was who was it it was um Cloud9 versus... Yeah, Dignitas versus Navi. Yeah, Dignitas versus Navi. Yep, so uh, we got to see a rematch of the uh, European Championship uh, happen. Uh, of course, Navi won that one, and then uh, we get to see a different result here. And then, uh, like you said, Cloud9 versus Team DK. So uh, let's break down the Europeans first. Um, what, what did you guys... What, Josh, since you write for the score, uh, what, what did you draw from that semifinal game? 
You want to talk about Dana Tosnavi? Yes, we're going to start there. Uh, okay, so I, I would say that going into that series, I would have thought for sure Navi had it. And one thing that can often happen when you practice with another team a lot is that they can figure things out, not show you, and then ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think that's what happened. Um, Dignitas is a great team. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, I got to meet all of them, actually. They're great people. They're highly skilled. But I think if you watch that best of five grand final at the European Championship between those two teams, there didn't seem to be any way that Dignitas could do it. Yeah. I, I didn't think they could. But, and I mean, on, honestly, I was kind of surprised that Dignitas made it to the finals of European. I really thought it would be like Team Liquid or, you know, who had been dominating so early on in Europe or, you know, just some other team. I, I, I always like Dignitas and I think their players are a lot of fun to watch. They kind of seem like those backyard kids that you want to just cheer for because they're the underdog. Um, and I really didn't expect them to get to the championship. So that was really fun to see them there. And then, of course, they make it all the way to the grand finals, which is wonderful. I think the other thing, too, about that series that you have to look at is I don't feel like Na'Vi lost the game in draft, if you know what I mean. Like, right. The, maybe the maybe game one, their draft wasn't incredible, but it wasn't like the game was unwinnable with that draft. Like, it wasn't such a bad draft that the game was a wash. Like, they easily could have won that game. And there were a few moments where specific people on Na'Vi were caught out of position. And it really cost them. Like, it cost them a lot. The team didn't play the way that we've seen them play in the past. And when you're on that stage, and every kill is, like, because it was Europe versus Europe, right? So the crowd's just cheering anybody who dies. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't let that get to you. But it was, I, I did not believe it. I could not believe it. I was really happy for Dignitas. I like both those teams. But I was really happy for Dignitas that they pulled it out. They yeah. were pretty close games, though. It, it wasn't like Dignitas stomped them. Um, I, it was a 2-0, but they were both really close close games. It could have easily gone either way, I agree. Um, yeah, there were definitely some team fights in the end that just kind of finished it off. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, just seems to be the key to this game. It's like early game, you can kind of, you know, if you, if you flounder, it's no big deal, because if you can pull it together towards the end of the game, that's what's going to get you to the win, so... Uh, let's let's transition this to the other semifinal then. It was uh, Team DK, which was uh, I believe the top Korean team against um, Cloud Nine, who uh, just have been dominant of late. Uh, what what would you see from there? I you know uh, everybody going to this tournament, I think that was following the competitive scene. If they didn't think Korea was going to win, they thought Korea was going to go really deep in the tournament, and Korea also thought that uh, as they. Uh, as if you watched the games at all, you saw like they had little stingers for the teams, like little media clips before with like interviews with the teams. And one of the ones that Team DK did was it said, "Have fun, we're gonna take home the trophy. Everybody else should just have fun." <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if DK had a lot of fun in the end because <laughs> Cloud Nine made them look pretty. Like it was that second game with Murky. I thought that must have been embarrassing. Like no. that must have been embarrassing. <laughs> right. I don't know what else to say. No, I I gotta fully agree with you there. And well, and I mean, let's talk about uh, Korea's cockiness. Of course, they went into um, the League of Legends uh, World Championship, and uh, it was and it, the grand finals were Koo Tigers against uh, 
um, SKT won. Both of them Korean teams. They both ran the table on every single team they faced against. So it's like clear that these were going to win. But I think they're failing to re forget the four major um, MOBA games out there right now are Heroes of the Storm, Smite, League of Legends, and Dota 2. Yeah, they dominated League of Legends, but what region has won the other three? Right here. NA. Right here. I mean, yeah, they got they got to start watching themselves. They're getting a little cocky out there. So, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was very happy to see Cloud9 win. Of course, I wanted NA to take home the trophy. And uh, I, I love the fact that it ended up being NA against EU. It's like the two regions that people tend to look down on uh, when it comes to esports. It seems to always be China, Taiwan, and uh, Korea that get hyped, at least nowadays. I know, you know, way back when Europe was huge. Um, but nowadays it seems to be, you know, those three regions. And it was really fun to be able to see that happening. Uh, so let's talk about the grand finals then. Um, can, Cloud9. Can I mention one more thing oh. about DK before no, we please. move on? Please. Um, I actually did an interview with Navi before we did any games on the weekend, and they were one of the two. They were one of the two teams that played DK at opening week, which happened like a week before BlizzCon, right? Right. And I, I asked them, "How good do you think Team DK is?" And I was speaking with Alex the Pro G and JPL, and both of them told me that they felt outplayed. Oh wow! That the mechanical skill of Team DK was the best at the tournament. Um, and that they, they felt like they would need to win draft, basically, in order to win the game. Huh. Um, so you can, you can find that full interview um, at the Score Esports if you want. That was just one question that I asked them. But basically, I, I wonder if that isn't true, that DK <laughs> was mechanically the best team at the tournament. But in this game, unlike in League of Legends, there's no carry right. in the traditional sense. Absolutely. So having one person on your team who's a mechanical god really means nothing in this game. Like, it will help your team, but it won't make you win. It can't make you win. Yeah. So. Even having three that are mechanically strong, because there were a lot of pro players that were mentioning three of the players that being yeah. mechanically strong, and then it was the other two dragging them down. So even when you have three that are really good in a team game, it's still not enough. Yeah. Um, you need to have some sort of synergy, synergy between all of the players. I also want to mention to you back to the Berkey game for Cloud9. Sure. Um, a lot of people were surprised by that draft, um, but it's something that uh, we've heard that Cloud9 has actually been using a lot in practice and had a 100% win rate with. Um, so it, it wasn't really surprising to anyone who's been following the scene really closely. Yeah. Um, not everybody can get scrim information. That's yeah, true. <laughs> but, um, but people were like, oh my god, Berkey, what are they thinking? Um, but for Cloud9, I think that was really their ace in the hole, um, something that they could pull out against them that they weren't expecting, but they knew that they were really strong on, something that they were completely confident in pulling out, and they were waiting to get to that point. Um, and I think we heard a lot from all of the teams that were holding their strategies pretty close to them throughout all of the scrims through opening week and the finals. So it was pretty much only the NA teams who had scrimmed prior to the World Championships happening that even knew about this strat. So I think it really did catch China um, by surprise. Korea. Sorry, Korea, Korea yeah. by surprise. Um, no, I mean, I, I love to pick myself, but I love seeing a competitive murky at any time because it's just yeah. fun. <laughs> and we've, we've gotten to see yeah. firsthand this week, uh, maybe me more than Billy, um, with Ryan, uh, just how impactful a murky can be. I plummeted last week from like 25 
to like 31. In rank. In rank. And this week climbed back up to 21 by playing Gazlo and Murky with a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, That's dirty. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah, so actually, if you look at Dunk Trade's tweet, uh, Twitter, he actually tweeted, because um, people were like, oh, Team DK, they just totally choked whatever. If you actually look at Dunk Trade, he actually tweeted saying, we beat them with Murky, we completely cheese them out. Murky is so broken. Um, early game, yeah, all you have to do pretty much early game is make sure you're within a level or two of them that you keep up as far as the soak goes, and then late game, you can just destroy them. Um, so even Dunk Train, if you if you go look at his Twitter, recognize the power of that comp. So um, I think a lot of people are going to try and emulate that now. Please don't. <laughs> if you're going to be in my hero yeah. game and you're hearing this right now, just please, just not, don't. Not everyone has an eye dream who can play Abyssin. Just, them, so. God, that's just true. pick Vala. Just pick Paula. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Paula, the, the most uh, idiot-proof champion out there, whoa, I think. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. And that's Bentley's main, Jeez. so hey. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, that breaks down the semifinals. Uh, the grand finals were then Dignitas against um, Cloud9. Um, going into this, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if there's any reason to believe Dignitas would ever be able to beat them. Uh, do, you, do you guys feel the same way? Do you, is that kind of... Do you think the crowd was more behind C9 because it's an NA scene or just because Cloud9 is arguably... There were a chance for Tempo Storm. And okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, Tempo Storm was a great team. Yeah. But, like, like, I'm talking, like, hardcore, like, Zoya is standing on the stage, staring <laughs> out at the crowd, and everybody is going nuts chanting Tempo Storm. <laughs> so... Yeah, oh, you really right. hyped the crowd. But it was it was totally an NA home crowd. Like, okay. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Right. It was 100% an NA home crowd. I love it. All right, so let's break down the game real quick. Uh, it was a best of five. Um, Cloud9 ended up sweeping it, if I remember correctly. That's true. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> it was a long weekend. Um, and, uh, I mean, they, they did so with not only just winning and drafted team, but they did it just by winning the fights and the game it's they just seem to be able to out rotate dignitas at almost every turn and which way of it and i mean maybe i'm just not recalling the games properly but it just really seemed to be almost a clinic on how to win by cloud nine yeah i would say there's a couple things i would point to if we want to talk briefly about the series no First please of all, yeah let's had, do it we had an idream on rexar which i think is really cool um I don't know if my friend Gurn is watching this, but if he is, he took the wave clear talent. <laughs> you should take that talent. It's a good talent. But but seriously, Rexar is like a split push god, basically, uh, if you take that talent. He is a great solo lane. He's very safe. Uh, he can rotate into fights and, and cause chaos when he when he shows up. The bear's jumping out of the grass, stunning someone. So that's a, that's one thing I do want to point out. Like I, They had played that previously in the tournament, but... Like, I dream. I have so much respect for I dream. I, I believe... Micro's just off the charts. He, yeah. He's able to control Misha like nobody else in the scene. Well, like, and, and yeah. Around Dragonshire, and, they, and he had him just holding the shrines while he was dealing um, with team fights and everything. His, his micro was just, it was impressive. And, and I think definitely before 
BlizzCon happened, if if you mentioned C9 to anyone that followed the scene, they you know they would know Fan because Fan went one and uh, uh, Heroes of the Dorm, and uh, you know it's just been one of the better players on the team, and they would know K1 Pro after his stupid good Toronto play yeah. and the championship. So it's like. But then iDream shows up at BlizzCon and was probably the MVP of the team there. His play was impeccable all week. And I just, I loved being able to watch him play because it offered me so many learning opportunities on how to not only play those champions, but how to play a character in that game too. I'd argue that like, if you look at the, the those top four teams, I can't, we can't really speak to Korea because we haven't seen Team DK play a lot of games, but Though, like between iDream, Fan, and K1 Pro, it's hard to find a more dangerous backline in the world. No, right yeah. Like that, that's extremely dangerous. They have flexibility. iDream can go to melee. Fan can play Abathur. K1 Pro is maybe just the best range assassin in the game. Right. Potentially. So uh, that's that's just dangerous. And they made it dangerous constantly, specifically K1 Pro playing Falstaff, which was the other big story from that series, I would say. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, they also work so well together as a team. Like, Josh and I, while we were at BlizzCon, we were having a conversation on, okay, if you could draft the ultimate NA team from all of the teams, who would you draft? And my answer was uh, honestly just Cloud9. Cloud9. Um, because each one of their players is so skilled. They have such good team chemistry. Like, I thought about, like, is there a way we could be putting Flower on here as a melee assassin or whatever? And I'm just like, no, you know what? I would just take all of Cloud9. Yeah, that no, I, I'm trying to think of who I would even think about subbing out. It's like, no, because, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe Fury could go in for Caffeine, but, I mean, Caffeine's almost as good as Fury, if not better. And then, uh, you know, I mean, what, the other big assassin around is um, Zuna, but Zuna is one of those guys that plays exactly like he did when he was on uh, Vulcan in League of Legends, and if he manages to live through the team fight, yeah, sure, he comes off as a god, but you got to get him to live through the team fight, which is next to impossible. I think iDream is is pr pretty much the best flex. Like you, he he could play melee assassins. Uh, he could play a warrior if it came down to that. Although usually Cloud Nine doesn't go that way. I guess technically Rexar is a warrior, but like nah, um, he's, he's an assassin. Come on, let's be real. He could play warrior if they have to. Um, Fan has completely reinvented his game from right. being a, the Illidan focused player, like a melee assassin focused player. To somebody who's basically just played whatever that comp needs. He's he's basically their true flex right now. And K1 Pro is just a, like, I mean, we've all seen him play Ferranda. We saw him play Falstad. He has a great sense of timing, a great sense of when to go ham on somebody and turn a fight. And that that's really important. So between those three guys, I, like, I don't know who you cut. Yeah. I don't, I don't think. I, I also, I personally think Kim Kathy is the best tank. Yeah, I, I, I would add that. I, I love Fury, don't get me wrong. I think Well, and I mean, I think what gives the edge to Caffeine here is definitely the fact that he has that synergy with everyone. I mean, I, I could see Fury, if you give him just as much time as Caffeine has had on the team, maybe he would be better. But I mean, that's that synergy coming out uh, with Caffeine, he just fits so well with how Dunk Train plays support and those other three play their uh, damage dealing roles that it just, it you can't you can't get rid of him, you know? The other thing I want to add is that he and K Kaf and K1 Pro live really close to each other, and they're, like, really good friends in real life. Right. So they already have that sort of instinctive cooperation from just knowing each other. Um, so I think that also factors into it, too. Like, I think that they're they're better as, as a 
like a pair than they would be on their own because they understand each other so well. Yeah, no, it's it's just like uh, you take any you know other sport. It's like there's there's just those people that synergize so well they make each other better, and then everyone's like, okay, well let's split them up, you know, like let's let's get rid of one of them because you know we can afford to trade them off or whatever, and then both of them fall apart. And I I feel like that would happen with these two right here. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope this team stays strong for so long. Because <laughs> yeah. Cloud Cloud Nine as an organization has really been able to uh, facilitate a atmosphere where um their teams stay together for so long i mean you look at their uh csgo team they they've been together they've been playing like they've been born together pretty much and then of course uh you look at league of legends and the that team was the only team to stay as a unit for so many years like they were the only team to even survive a full split of league of legends together so i i really you know have to shout out to jack the owner of uh, cloud nine because he does really facilitate such a great uh team atmosphere and it seems like people want to stay and play for him. I, I got to meet him very briefly, actually, at the event, and he was a really nice guy. I, so I'm so I'm cool. so jealous of you because he, he's like my hero when it comes to esports. I I just I that's who I want to be later in life is Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you can tell that he follows the games and he and he loves his teams a lot. Yeah, um, and and it's not just like from a you know like I'm like I know that he's gotten a lot more hands on in recent years, um, and and I I like that. Like I like that he is following the games and obviously he's not following all the games at the same depth as somebody who is a pro in the scene right because he's got a lot of teams right like he, there's no way he could do that but yeah he seemed genuinely interested we talked for a little bit about the dk cloud nine thinking about how happy we were to see nab korea so it it was really cool uh he's a really nice guy and, and hopefully you'll you guys get the chance to meet him sometime because he's a really interesting dude that'd be amazing all right i got two last questions for you um about uh the world championship one being uh tempo storm do you think they're going to be able to recover because they've played so unlike themselves it seems recently do you, do you think that's a fluke is that something that's going to be perpetuated are they going to tilt you know what what are your thoughts there uh well tempo already released zune and arthalon so they're gone uh that happened the other night um they're that team that team's going through a rebuild for sure um they're, I hope they keep Dread and Ko at least, and Soldier if if Soldier's fitting in well with the team. Obviously, we've all we've all probably heard that there were issues at the team house, right? Uh, for Tempo Storm, so I think Ko is maybe the best cigar in the world. So I and he's just a great flex player and a hard worker, which I really respect from somebody that has an opportunity like that. So I really hope they keep him and Dreadnought. Um, he used to play warriors, so who knows? We could see him switch to the warrior role. Right. I think he's. I think he's. He's a good support, and he's a great leader. But maybe yeah, he goes think, back to warrior. I think his strength is in shot calling. Yeah. No, absolutely. To, to understand the game. I have a lot of respect for Dread, honestly, because if half the things that we heard about the inside of that team house were true, he put on a very stoic public image. Did not did not complain publicly about the situation, and when they lost, despite the fact that let's be honest, people who were following the situation knew that it would be pretty rough for Tempo Storm. Right. He he apologized and said that he was going to do his best to make the team better. To me, that's that is leadership. It'd be yeah. very easy to say, well, too bad. I, I didn't like what so and so did at that point. I right. guess we suck now. Right. But he didn't do any of that. So big respect to him. Um, he's He's a great support, and I would love to see him play Warrior again if he chooses to do that. But 
He's got a lot of options. Um, if he and KO stay on that team, that's a solid core to build a team around. And there are lots of free agents kicking around now, so hopefully well, uh, hopefully we see a resurgent Tempo Storm. I, I, and I'm going to throw this your way. Uh, what do you think about Faye and Fury joining Tempo Storm? Do you think that could uh, happen? Do you think that would be good? I think that it could definitely work out. Um, I think Fury is a pretty strong warrior player, so... That would, I mean, it, it sort of depends on whether Soldier is staying with the team. Okay. And like, as I don't know what that situation is about, and I wouldn't want to speculate really, but um, I think, I think Fury's a great tank, and Faye is a great ranged assassin. Um, Ko is a good flex, so that's already a decent, that's already like a, a good core to build a team around. Um, I think that it would be interesting to see, but like again, until until we find out, is. Is Soldier going to be a part of this new roster? Is Dread moving to Warrior? Like, it's kind of hard to speculate. It's kind of hard to, to know if they would want, if they would be pursuing Fury, and if if that would make sense for the team composition. I guess. All right, I'm going to add another question here, and then I'm going to go to my original second question. Murloc geniuses, are they going to get a sponsor ever? <laughs> I hope so, um, and I think and I think they will. Because I, um, I'm just trying to think of an organization. They, they, they yeah, do. they certainly deserve one. I'm just trying to think of an organization that would do it. And the only one I can come up with is TSM. I would argue that, okay, first I'll say that I've heard that they were offered offers from several organizations, but they weren't, like, strong offers. They okay. weren't an offer that a team like that would, would really deserve for their results thus far right so there are teams interested it's just a question of making sure that the deal works for the players as well as as the team sure um i i think there are still a lot of organizations that have yet to join heroes as well so i'm not gonna say i think i know there are lots of organizations that haven't um you know we we haven't seen clg uh we haven't like you said we haven't seen tsm there's a lot of other league of legends organizations that haven't made a strong entrance yet um, and so those are all strong possibilities, but like at the end of the day, Murloc Geniuses has to make sure that the deal they get is something that's really going to help them improve their play. If it if the deal doesn't give them like a house or enough funding so that they can like do less real life and more esports, uh -huh. then it's not worth it to them, right? Like like a brand or like that that means nothing. Like they already have a strong brand in the Heroes of the Community competitive scene. It's just that it's unaffiliated with an organization. So I, I think that the, there's a lot of interest around that team, and it's quite possible they will get picked up. Uh, they just need to make sure that they get the deal that works for them. And uh, I know a little bit about their manager, and I think he's working hard to make sure that that, that is what happens for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because like Daniel was saying, they certainly deserve it. All right, last question on this, and then we're going to move on to free week. Uh, what what do you think? And I can't remember the team's name now. What do you think about the fact that China's number one team did not get to show up here? Stars. Yeah. So the team is E Star Gaming. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm really disappointed by it, uh, especially in hindsight, seeing what happened to the rest of uh, the rest of the uh, the situation with China. Yeah. E Star is a is a good team, and E Star is the team that when people like I, I believe it was. Faye, there was a pro player that was talking about how China arguably has some strengths that are better than Korea's. Right. So don't quote me on the Faye thing. But, sure. Um, I I think that like Eastar has beaten Team DK in a best of seven they, in the training tournament. I think so. Like th this is a strong team, and the fact that we didn't get to see them is, is disappointing. Uh, Braveheart, however, I think they did an admirable job. 
I, I think they did better than anybody well, expected. Well, they knocked out Tempo, and I, I understand Tempo was, you know, somewhat on tilt, but individually they're all still great players, and the fact that two teams could merge and come together as a team enough to defeat Tempo, I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, because I, I... I was actually quite in shock when that happened. Yeah, for for those of you who don't know the backstory, I, um, E-Star, whatever it is, sorry, <laughs> um, managed to, or failed to get visas essentially. And so uh, China had to put together something in order to come out here. And so they came up with Braveheart, which was a, a, a smorgasbord of different players that really had never been able to play together. And they come over and, and they make it to the or yeah, the quarterfinals, essentially, uh, beat out Tempo Storm and go on to face, uh, I believe they went on to face DK. Is that right? Or was it uh, Cloud9? Uh, that is a great question. They played, they played against DK. They DK. Were eliminated by DK. Yeah, and they got eliminated by DK, which, I mean, you know, that's nothing to be ashamed of for sure. Uh, so there's really kind of fun story. Um, and they were and fun. it was a 2-1. They took a yeah. game from DK. Yeah, which is, I mean, that yeah, it's insane. So uh, to see this come out, I, I'm really excited because I know Cloud9 is currently in transit to China in order to play against these guys. And I, I just, I can't wait to hear the results of those games because I think it's going to be insane. It's arguably the two best teams in the world going head-to-head -head right there. So, uh, hopefully uh, all esports starts to get their Visa thing figured out because it's kind of silly that uh, players get to miss out on this because of yeah. Visas and just little issues like that. All right, so let's move on to Free Week. Uh, this is one of our typical little sessions that we get to talk about. Yeah. And uh, we like to take, you know, the top seven champions and then pick our five favorites from them. And now for Free Week. Oh, I got plenty of nothing, and nothing's plenty for me. Alright guys, Free Week this week is Chen, Malfurion, Thrall, Vala, Medic, Tyrael, and good old Sergeant Hammer. I'm still gonna make fun of Med uh, Vala. She really is the simplest Dude, champion to play I in mean, the game. you're just mad because you can't play her. That, that's that's the also thing. very possible. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, initial thoughts on this. Um, I actually really like it. It has, you know, two supports, which I'm always a fan of, and two warriors, which I'm doubly a fan of, and only one specialist, which specialist is the most trashed position in this game. I'm excited so. to get a try medic. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, you just <laughs> Well, that's fine. You say specialist? Yeah. Don't let Ryan hear you. Yeah. I know, right? Um, okay, so well, well, first let's start with our two guest hosts. Um, Daniel, we'll start with you. What would you be your top five here? Who, if you were putting together a team with these seven champions, who are the five you would pick? Um, okay, so I'm definitely going with Thrall. I, uh, I'm not very good at him, but um, I call him Green Jesus, and I love what <laughs> Uh, especially Mike Udall. So if I could have Mike Udall on my team, definitely Thrall. There you go. Um, <laughs> Sergeant Hammer, I hate. Um, so not her. <laughs> I think she's one of the worst characters in the game. I, I couldn't agree Sergeant more. Hammer fans. Yeah. Um, but she's absolutely terrible. I hate fighting against her. I've played her once, um, so maybe I'm not giving her a fair shake, but um, it was just not my type of play style. Um, I'm not a support player. Um, but I don't think you need two supports, so over the two, I would choose uh, Malfurion, because I don't like solo medic, and she's super squishy. Vala is one of my favorites. Uh, Chen is a panda, so <laughs> I'm not even going for mechanics there. We're just going panda. She's just going yep. panda. So yeah, 
I think that's everyone I covered, right? Yeah, that's five, so you got it. Yeah. Okay, the there chat room and I have to disagree with you in that Medic is the greatest, and goodbye life this week because all I want to do is play Medic. You're stealing my line here, really. Oh, my bad. Yeah, it's all right. All right, Josh, let's go with you. Um, what, who are your five? I don't like... I'm going to go on record as saying I don't like Sergeant Hammer. Yeah. But... Yeah, you're joining the long list of people that agree with you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the hero like feels like a siege tank, but did you ever really think to yourself while playing StarCraft, I wish I could be a siege tank? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, um, I would say I am going to pick Sergeant Hammer in my column. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take both Chen and Tyrael. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, I left out Tyrael. I would take Tyrael as well. Well, so you, you can't have six people. She's on gonna your have team. six people on her team. Okay, um, <laughs> I would take Chen and Tyrael. Um, Tyrael's gonna take Sanctification. Uh, Chen can. I don't even care what Chen takes. Maybe <laughs> Keg. Let's say Keg. He takes Keg. Yeah, Keg. Because why not? <laughs> and then what we do is we're gonna play. We're gonna play Protect the Hammer Comp. So we're gonna have Chen with the Keg, Tyrael with the Sanctification. We're gonna take medic with stim drone Ooh. and then we're gonna add sergeant hammer into that well you already oh, did man. we're gonna stim drone that hammer <laughs> and we're gonna let it roll over the enemy team all right dirty. it's pretty dirty i don't recommend that you play against it because it's horrible and then i gotta round that comp out um i love thrall but i don't know if adding another melee is a good idea in that comp so i'd probably just go with everybody's favorite ranged assassin do it all, Vala. Well, but if you're yeah. going for Protect the Hammer, Thrall does have Earthquake. True, but, I mean, I would say, like, do a Vala multi-shot build. Okay. Um, and then How just, about like... we stiff drone Thrall? No. <laughs> you, you can, but I'm, I want to play a Protect the Hammer right. This week, this week, uh, I think, was it you, Bentley? Were you playing Medic? No, no. And then no. it must have been Billy or somebody was um, using Stim Drone on Stitches. <laughs> and I got like multiple mega kills. It was beautifully oh, yeah. amazing. Uh, no, that was me. That was amazing. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to jump in here uh, just so I can talk about Medic. Medic right now is my favorite champion in the game to play. Uh, I just bought her, I think, Saturday, and I don't think I've played a game that was not Medic since then. I've, I've just had so much fun on her, and I even spent money on the game to buy the skin for her. I, that's how much I, I've just been enjoying her. So I'm definitely throwing Medic in here. Um, with that, I'm going to put in Vala, because stem droning a Vala is just deadly, um, especially when you... Uh, put her as an auto attack build because you can just I mean ramp up that attack speed and ramp up that mobility And it's just amazingly fun to watch uh, Tyrael is one of my favorite warriors to play so I'm putting him in here and sanctification is just so powerful right now uh, There's no excuse not to go for it um, Then I'm going to bring in Thrall and uh, Chen to round that up uh, Chen is just a great tank right now China especially shows us that uh, and then Thrall because I don't like Hammer and I don't see a reason to include a Malfurion with a Medic, so. What about you, Bentley? Um, so basically the same, but, um, so Medic, Tyrael, Vala, Chen, and then I put in Malfurion just because I don't like Sergeant Hammer, and I don't know, I feel like Thrall is almost unplayable right now. He's, he's not strong, you know? He's, he's not strong, he's not like what he used to be. And I feel like Malfurion almost has better utility at this point than a Thrall. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Maybe lacking in damage, but depending on what map, I feel like this could work out. Okay. Just go full Moonfire build, take Twilight Dream. Like, that's <laughs> that's, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's not a waste. I think Malfurion is better than that. 
<laughs> I, I see I've where you're coming from. situations where Malfuria takes Twilight Dream and like he's against like a dive comp, you just drop it and suddenly nobody can do anything. <laughs> and you just destroy them. It's, it's fun. That's awesome. What about you, Aaron? All right, Aaron. Um, mine is not that exciting after all that, but oh, Serial Thrall Vala. I believe in the Green Prince. Uh. <laughs> um, Medic and Chen. Medic and Chen. All right. So uh, we what we conclude from this is that Daniel's wrong. I think. Uh, I think maybe. that's yeah. I think the pro players would agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll start nice. we'll start sending out tweets at the end of this, and we'll ask him who's better. Malfurion is is better. Yes. Thank you. But Malfurion is is actually pretty hard to play. Like I know people are like, oh yeah, Malfurion's so simple, right? But there's like a lot there's a lot of like skill involved with landing roots properly and at the right time. Like you can't just throw out roots randomly. Like right. it's, it's important to make sure you hit them and at the right times. And also he has no burst healing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that requires planning, but it also requires your team to be on board with what you're trying to do. And <laughs> right. in drill play, that's a thing. In your quick match with your weird protect the hammer cough or whatever, that's not a thing, right? So, yeah, he's. I would say he is better. I just like Medic like I mean, a million I guess times if you're playing protect the hammer, Medic works out well because Medic can just hide behind hammer. No, Medic so. needs a stim drum. That's the only reason the Medic <laughs> That's, a, that's the only reason you need Medic in there. Uh, no, and I do have to agree with you. I, from a pro team, Alfieri certainly is better, but I just have more fun on Medic, so I'm biased. And I, I don't, yeah, yeah. You know, what else? I don't what like other reason sure. do you need? Bushy characters that rely on positioning, so. <laughs> that's exactly what the chat room just said, too. And if you're going to play Medic, I think you want, like, a Tassadar. Okay. Or an ETC with groupies. There you go. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I mean, yeah, always a fun watch us climb. This is actually, or, um, wow, where am I going with that? Free week, uh, and this is actually a rare one that I don't hate, so I, I gotta give it props there. But speaking of watch us climb. But speaking of watch us climb. And now, for watch us climb. So this week's Watch Us Climb uh, features me and nobody else because uh, I think I played more games than both of you combined this week. No. Oh, wait, no, that's right, because you uh, skipped work in order to play. Um, <laughs> I, not not in order to play. But he got to play as a benefit of it, and he kept making that's fun of me when I was at work on Monday, Oh, I'm sorry, because wasn't. did you not skip work as well to play games? No, I, I was genuinely sick, <laughs> in quotes. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so uh, this game, we actually got to play it, or I got to play it with uh, one of our co-workers, uh, this guy named Randy. Uh, he's really cool. Lots double shout-out to Randy. Yeah, double shout-out to Randy. He was really happy we shouted him out last time, so we're shouting him out again. Um, <laughs> he just recently got placed himself, uh, so we've been playing together. And uh, this was a case of Medic getting Stem Drone on a Raynor and it winning the game for us. Wow. Yeah, um, that, no, that was something dirty. So our team was Diablo, ETC, Jaina, me on Medic, and then uh, Randy on Raynor. And we were against an Uther, Sylvanas, Stitches, Butcher, and Vala. And, I mean, honestly, if you were to ask me to place money on this game of who would win, I'd have to bet on the other team. Uh, they got arguably the best support in the game right now. Uh, they got great wave clear in Sylvanas. Um, Butcher is just always deadly, and so is Avala. Their only questionable position there would be the Warrior, of course, because Stitches doesn't really have hard CC or anything like that. But he's still a fat body that can get in the way. 
Um, so, you know, if I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm going for the other team. But I think we had three deaths all game, and two of them were on Jaina. Wow. And one was one of the tanks. It, 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 I mean, it was just embarrassing for them. And being able to put that... I, I, I went Sim Drone, of course. And being able to put that on Raynor, it, I mean, yeah. yeah, good luck. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, you had a lot of peel for Medic, too, which is nice. Like, you know you, that your teammates can step in and, and protect you as Medic, so it lets you be a little bit... I, I don't want to say a little bit more aggressive because you're Medic, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's nice to be in a spot where you could easily get to everybody instead of being kind of, like, zoned out. Well, no, exactly. And, I mean, you get two of... I, I would say the two best zoning warriors in the game in Diablo and ETC there because they both have a way to knock people around. They both have a way to stun people. They both have a way to, you know, just... I mean... They have everything you could possibly want in somebody who you're going to be using as zoning. Uh, so we were worried about, you know, lack of damage there. But I, you know, what Jaina probably puts out the most damage of any champion in the game. And then a Stim Drone Raynor, like, that, that's enough damage for five champions. Yeah. And so I think that's really what kind of helped us pull it together. And I was really happy with the result. So Even, even Diablo. Yeah. Does, does good damage. Yeah. He can. Even yeah. ETC, really. Yeah. I mean, I've seen both of them do good damage. It's just less less often. Because <laughs> usually it's awful I, players playing I them. personally love being stim-droned as I play Raynor. Our friend Gurn stim-drones me when we play together, and it is the best feeling. Uh, Raynor's actually my favorite play, uh, character to play right now. Okay. So I can get on board with the nice. stim Raynor. Right. Um, well, well, we'll have to uh, do some duo together, because I need somebody I can stim-drone and not cry as oh, they man, run away with my stim-drone on them. Speaking of uh, duo... Um, and you guys don't have to answer this since you're our guest, but if you'd like to check in with us, uh, Billy Bentley, where are you guys ranked? I am right now ranked, I think, 21. Uh, wow. I've kind of been going up and down, but 21's about where I've been hovering. So uh, what about you, Bentley? I think I jumped a fat level. with. A, I think I'm now 33. <laughs> you're, mo you're moving up in the world. I mean, dude, there's so many games out right now. Like The list just goes on and on. I just haven't gotten a lot of heroes playing lately, so... All right. But and then you. I of mentioned course. it earlier. I've gotten back up to twenty-one. All right. And what about you two? I mean, you don't have to share it, Danielle, because I know it's embarrassing. But you know, <laughs> just lie. Yeah. No, I, I'm gonna share because uh, I have actually not ranked myself yet. Okay. Okay. I haven't completed my placement games. Reason being is I am a very team-oriented player. I don't like to play on my own. Um, so typically when I play, we have a group of three, four, five people. Okay. Uh, which kind of prohibits us from going in here early. But if I were, I'd honestly probably be like 40. So. <laughs> oh, hey, and that's right. probably optimistic. Hey, as long as you're uh, having I, fun I playing. I remember playing with you and it was not a 40. You were pretty good. You were pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Uh... Here's the thing about me. I've been super busy with work, so I haven't even had time to play Hero League. And, and like Daniel said, most of the time when I sit down to play, I'm playing with like a bunch of people. So mm -hmm. I've been playing with me, so we're normally on our team of... We play a lot with D the Hunter. I don't know if people know who D the Hunter is. He's a stats is. guy. He's a stats guy. He's big in the EU team. Right so on. So we're not, we're not better than a lot of people, but we're better than these people. <laughs> uh... But the chat room says before the reset you were rank six. Yeah, I was up there, and I, that wasn't like I was like waffling at six. I was at like I'm not trying to brag, but I was at six. But like, I had like lost a ton of games. I just I didn't have time to play a ton of games. Like I've just been writing so much. And it, it really was... does have a correlation with how many games you've played. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, at a certain at a certain point, like you you know you get points for winning. So you can if you don't play games, like you can't get points. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. Well, and uh, I know anyone that listens to our podcast on a repetitive manner. Uh, may have remembered us talking about some team league that we played and uh you two of course were the team league people we played with yeah. uh which that was some of the most fun i've ever had despite oh, it was losing a good time always. in team league for sure yeah but I, the only team league games we have ever yeah, played I, <laughs> we're like, we've joined an elite club of like the three percent of heroes in the storm yeah we've ever played a hero league game. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we've got to do it again and and we we have to finish it up we got to get placed because I, I just, we have to be. We have to define rank fifty-one. <laughs> right. Did we go two and three? I know yeah, we only uh, won one game, four. so I so think we one went and one and four. Oh, one game. I think we won. We won two games for sure. Did I, we? I okay. Like. All right. I'm checking it like right now. <laughs> Before we wrap up for this week, I want to point out one thing in Watch Us Climb. It was the play of the week, and the play of the week this week. Uh, I don't know if this will be recurring or not. But it had to go to Bentley. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember what you you're talking, what talking about. about? Yes. So he, we're on Falstad, and we're losing. He's on Falstad. We're losing pretty bad. Yeah, it's a GG we're, kind we're, of situation. To the point where it doesn't matter what ults you take because you, we're gonna lose. So they're at boss. He impulsively takes mighty gust, jumps over the wall, pushes them all away, grabs the boss. Uh, in time before they could jump on it. And then he died promptly, but it looked really good. It was amazing. It was definitely the play of the week. Gus Gus is in the meta now, guys. Oh, Oh, I know. And Haymaker, all these weird things. I don't know about Haymaker. (laughs) Let's not not get too crazy here, but no, Gus is totally... That's all that that's all that pro players are playing right now at It's Gus, yeah. Can you, give us a shout out to uh, your website and your podcast. Yeah, no, so let's do a quick round of shout outs and of course uh, please include your job. Yeah, so um, I'm uh, the Heroes of the Storm news editor at the Score Esports. So we have an app that you can download for uh, Android or Apple devices. Um, we do a lot of stuff there. You can choose to just follow Heroes of the Storm stuff if that's what you're into, but we, we also do League Dota Two CSGO, and we do live scoring for all of those as well. Uh, so if you can't get to your computer, uh, you can't get to a stream or what have you, you don't have internet connection on your phone right now, um, we, we actually have live scores. So we, we have people who watch the games and score them. So right, you so can follow what's happening with your favorite team. What are the chances I can convince you to get that app on Amazon too then? On Amazon? On the Amazon phone, because that's what I use and there's no apps on it. I don't know what the market share for Amazon phones. It's, it's, it's pretty much like problem. just above zero. So, <laughs> I think I'm but like. If you don't, if you don't want to download the app or you don't have a compatible device, you can still go to our website. Um, I don't think the live scoring is there, but we still have all the stories that uh, that I write for Heroes of the Storm. Um, so we're we're working on like a lot of stuff right now. We had a lot of BlizzCon stuff during the event. Um, I'm doing some post-BlizzCon stuff now. There's a lot of roster shuffling happening, so I'm working on a roster article that will keep updated for the next few weeks. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And as usual, I'm always I'm always happy to hear feedback. So if there's something that you want to see on the on the heroes portion of the site, or um, something that maybe you don't like, I, I'd be happy to hear about it. Sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Throne Gauntlet. Um, I mostly just tweet hero stuff, though. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like, heroes probably won't like my Twitter, I guess. <laughs> what about Dan- you, Daniel? Do you have any one you want to shout out to? 
Um, I am mostly just involved in the scene um, as a fan. So you can find me on Twitter at Sylvanora. It's on on the stream. But yeah, I mostly just tweet about Heroes of the Storm. I've never really been into MOBAs before, and ever since Heroes of the Dorm, I've kind of fallen in love with the scene and tried to get really involved. And I met some great people at BlizzCon. Um, met some of the casters and the teams and people who are really involved in the community. So I'm just trying to get more involved just because I love being around people with similar interests. So we love it too. Thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, and I, I also just want to add that she says that she's just a fan. She was there at my interviews and she asked some pretty good questions. So she might have a promising career as a hey, reporter, but there you go. she's told me she's told me she has no interest in that, so <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Uh, <laughs> that's a shame. Well, uh, well, I know on behalf of us, we definitely want to shout out you too. Thank you for joining us and giving us all the insiders uh, for BlizzCon, because uh, I don't think any of us even had a virtual ticket, because no. Aaron and I have just been working our butts off at our job, and Bentley, yeah. uh, you know, Same. has a job apparently. <laughs> I, I just I just walk around. You just, just walk around all day. You can find um, us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Podcast Heroes. Um, please go and comment on our Facebook and comment on uh, this SoundCloud. We see them all really quickly, and we're we're good at responding and incorporating it in. Um, join us on Tuesday uh, evenings. We'll shout it out on the Facebook and Twitter when we're going to be live streaming. Um, and thank you guys for joining again. Any yeah. last ditch effort? Uh, thanks for all the, you know, people talking in the Twitch chat. That's probably the most traffic we've ever had with conversations on Twitch. So that was pretty fun to watch. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Podcast Heroes, where we podcast about heroes. Thank you. God, you guys are like background for me. Wow. I love it. We got your back. We're always here.